You have arrived at your destination. Podcast and animation celebration podcast. I'm your host, resident cartoon junkie Brandon Jones, and I'm here with no one. <laughs> Sadly, it was supposed to be me and John Myers doing this, but uh, the hotel I'm staying in, I'm doing this remote. Um, it, the connection wasn't doing great, so we weren't able to have a real conversation when there's a seven second delay between everything that we say with each other. So, uh, John couldn't be here with us today for my technological uh, shortcomings. However, uh, we will. I will be doing this episode solo today, and I really wanted to cover all the stuff from D23 Expo 2022. Um, that's a real fun one for me all the time. I love when Disney comes out with more stuff, even though Disney is kind of awful sometimes. But they'll they make good stuff, uh, things that I enjoy. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> let's. But uh, before we get into that, I want to get into our animation recommendation, and that is something that I've been watching currently, uh, right now, because it dropped literally yesterday from when you're hearing this. Uh, well, the day before, actually. Uh, but I watched it yesterday. Not all of it, but most of it. So unless it falls off a cliff, this is still an animation recommendation, uh, is for Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, Cyberpunk has always been a setting that I've enjoyed. The video game absolutely flopped, uh, you know, with uh, all the expectations and everything because of all the bugs and glitches and how terrible it was, which, and it really was, but really the biggest problem with the Cyberpunk game was that it was boring. Um, However, the the, uh, TV show Cyberpunk Edge Runners is completely opposite of that, as I figured it would be because it's a fully... Uh, studio trigger production so you know visually it is stunning it is uh unique it is fun it is bombastic energetic it's so good um and i highly recommend it go check it out on netflix right now uh and again unless it falls off a cliff completely uh from the few episodes that i've seen uh it is a it is definitely worth your time to go watch um but yeah and it's great go check it out Studio Trigger, always worth a watch. So that is our animation recommendation. Uh, Moving on to two news. Um, Not a whole lot of news in the way of animation uh, other than doom and gloom, it seems like. And I'd like to take a minute to address that. Um, So there's been a lot of articles posted uh, that I think are pretty hyperbolic. And they are from the perspective of people who have been let go from streaming companies and stuff like that such as HBO Max, or having their um, shows just completely ripped out from underneath uh, the streaming service and pulled off of it. Um, and uh, I think just this I think just this past week, Netflix also uh, announced pull, uh, uh, releasing 30 in, in animation employees from their, uh, from their slate. But, you know, again, when... When going gets tough, things get cut, and it, it 
it's sort of always focused when the animation news that animation is getting hit with this stuff. But in the case of HBO Max, it was pretty much everything. Zaslav is literally cutting everything from the slate. It is odd that they are pulling all this animation off of the streaming surface. Um, since it's already made, you can just leave it up there. Uh, but honestly, I think they're just literally making room for other things or splitting their time between what services can be you can utilize it. Because as far as I can tell, none of these things are being pulled for tax purposes. Not like Batgirl. The Batgirl production was absolutely pulled because of tax purposes, and they didn't really want to release that 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 movie. I I don't understand the fervent outrage of not releasing a movie that no one was talking about or cared about before it was not released. Um, so I, I don't really get the whole outrage behind that. Literally, Zaslav is trying to save a company, is trying to salvage a company that has been hemorrhaging money for almost two years. So this is something that's expected. I don't think it's a reflective situation of animation as a whole. Uh, I think it's part of the ups and downs of being part of the streaming services. When, when you know, the pot is full, when everybody's happy, when they're fat and happy, then things like that will prosper. Um, but when they're hurting, like Netflix, who's having, which is having a big stock break, lots of subscriber losses, it's going to be hurt. It's going to hurt um, all those situations. So it makes sense to me that these things get pulled down, these things get, you know, that hard times happen because animation is and always forever will be expensive. It takes a lot of time to animate. It takes a lot of time to do that job. And really the people that do it just love to do it. This goes all the way back to the nine old men in Disney. It goes all the way back to, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, the animators who did, uh, uh, princess and the cobbler, or the, uh, thief and the cobbler. It, it takes, actual passion to sit and do animation the way you want to do it and it's not always reflective of the market share or the market uh time and implementation of it it's never going to because it's such a weird artful kind of thing and i don't think it will ever really reflect a fully profitable situation because of the man hours involved with doing it so the idea that when the going gets tough, a lot of those things get cut kind of makes sense to me. I know it's brutal and it sucks, but it just sort of is is that way and probably always will be that way. Um, it, it, it sucks, but that, that's just the, the nature of animation, I think. Um, it, will, it will always be more of a passion project than it will be uh, a profitable one. Uh, you know, for the very few exceptions of things like, you know, Rick and Morty and The Simpsons who just pull in ridiculous amounts of ratings and merchandise sales and things like that. In fact, merchandise sales is the reason that most cartoons exist to this day. Transformers is built upon that model. Uh, He-Man was built upon that model. And when you didn't have, uh, you know, fervent growth in the market of uh, product sales, uh, they failed. The 2003 He-Man uh, failed because they didn't have good sales on the toys, on the toy lines. Um, and they had to cancel it before they got their final season because the toy lines didn't sell that well. There's reasons for that for happening, but um, it, it's sad. It's a sad thing. And, uh, you know, been, 
He-Man eventually got canceled because the toy sales happened there. When you don't have Simpsons numbers, when you don't have numbers like that, it's just very hard to get things like that uh, up and running in that case. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that things can't come back, people can't bounce back, or shows can't get uh, re rejuvenated in, in certain ways. And so we've seen it happen many times with, uh, with Family Guy, with Futurama, twice with Futurama, uh, possibly three times coming up, and uh, also with, um, uh, with uh, 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 Young Justice. Uh, so things can come back after they've been gone for a while. Um, so, you know, we, we might see a resurgence of Infin Infinity Train, but, you know, Infinity Train was such a niche audience anyway, it's, it's not a whole lot of people talked about it. I loved Infinity Train. I would love to see it get a proper ending, but, you know, it, it's it had four good seasons, and, and that's that's not bad uh, for a show. It's 40 episodes, you know. There, there's ones that, there's shows that I love that only got 13 or, or 12 or 8, so... You know, it, it, it's it's one to it's just really perspective you have to go you have to run with. So there you go. Uh, but it does suck that those things get pulled off. However, I think that's just HBO restructuring to put things uh, in in perspective of where they are. So that's my rant about. Uh, I was going to do a whole episode on that, but realized I didn't have a whole lot uh, to talk about. So I thought I'd throw it in here at the front, uh, the front load, uh, so that people would. Kind of calm down with the with the, uh, the the doom and gloom of the animation industry, uh, but uh, let's get into some news. Uh, just a lot of trailers. Uh, there's a new trailer for uh, Bleach, uh, the Thousand Year Blood War arc. The official trailer of uh, third third official trailer, and that is coming this October, and I cannot wait for that. You've heard me and Stephen uh, freak out about that many times in this podcast, and we're still freaking out about it. Can't wait. Uh, Culture Crave dropped the first trailer for Intergalactic, with an E, uh, which looks like a fun little uh, animation romantic uh, drama uh, that's coming to, to Netflix uh, by the directors uh, and animators of uh, Into the Spider-Verse. It looks fantastic. Definitely check out that trailer and definitely check out when that comes out because I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you like romantic dramas, I have no idea. But it's also got some surrealist-type uh, artistry to it that looks like a lot of fun, so we'll, we'll see what all that's about and see if there's any actual supernatural elements to it or if it's all just kind of artful stuff. Um, also, uh, pretty pretty excited for Danny Phantom fans. A graphic novel of Danny Phantom is coming out. This is a show that Nickelodeon seems to like to sweep under the rug and never talk about again, but uh, a lot of cool stuff in Danny Phantom that no one really does in the superhero genre, uh, especially the teen superhero genre. Um, no one really does kind of the stuff that this show did, and uh, I highly recommend watching the old Danny Phantom show, but also uh, now there's a graphic novel of it, so that's cool. Uh, the Doctor Who animation revival goes on indefinite hiatus, uh, so there we go. Gary Russell, the guy who partnered with the BBC, uh, to produce the animated features, uh, they just they they can't they can't make them anymore. The BBC and uh, British uh, uh, British entertainment has been notoriously bad with animation for I I want I want to say since its inception. For some reason, they just can't seem to really get that stuff going. I, it, it's kind of sad, uh, but you know, uh, bad bad news for Doctor Who classic as always. There's never really any good news for Doctor Who anymore. Uh, seeing as how they've ruined that whole show. 
But there you go. Uh, it's sad. Um, also, uh, Paramount Plus is set for Transformers Earthspark premiere at uh, New York City Comic Con. Um, it looks fine. Uh, not really anything that I would want to watch, I guess. Uh, it looks very kid-centric, kid-oriented, and it's just, it's fine. It should be fine. Uh, Dragon Keeper, um, which is a new uh, movie for Hulu, is set to release in 2023. They've got one image of it of a girl with a dragon, and, you know, dragons are cool, so I'm sure that will be lots of fun. And that is going to do it for the news that I haven't covered all week. And now it goes into our topic of the day, which is all the stuff that came out at D23. Um, or at least all the stuff we know that's coming out at D23. And some of the stuff that uh, uh, came out kind of earlier than D23, but we're going to talk about it anyway because, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's all animation news from Disney, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that stuff. Um, thanks to um, Cartoon Brew for writing a nice little article that basically reveals all the cool stuff that we get to learn about, or that we did learn about from this, and we're just going to go down the list of this article that they wrote. Uh, this is an article by Jamie Lang on Cartoon Brew, uh, what we learned about Disney and Pixar's upcoming animation slate at the D23 Expo. So go check out that article if you want to uh, give Jamie Lang a watch, and we'll cover all the stuff that happens here. Um, <clears throat> so what's all the new stuff coming up in the animation uh, slate for Disney? We have Wish. Um, it's, uh, basically a new movie, uh, by Disney, directed by Chris Buck and Fawn Virasuthorn. Uh, I think that's how you say that name. Probably not at all. Uh, Virasuthorn, um, and it's, uh, uh, basically set in a land where wishes come true, uh, a CG animated film, uh, and it's sort of an homage to the hundred year, uh, hundred years the company's wish upon a star motif, you know, how that the the Disney logo where the star pops up and makes the Disney logo, obviously. That's always been about wishing upon a star, just like the old music, uh, the old uh, song from Pinocchio in 1940. So, you know, it's it's very, very tangential to the to the popularity of the of the whole company. So uh, we're going to it's going to be a musical. Um, Julia Michaels, who is famous for writing Lots of music for Selena Gomez, uh, Demi Lovato, all of their ready-made stars, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Haley Steinfeld, all the crazy, uh, you know, Disney hit character uh, songwriters. She wrote all of those, so she'll be writing the music for this, um, and uh, yeah, should be should be pretty cool. It has a very uh, Anthean feel to it. The image, it's got a girl on a on a on a tree on a tree root and a and a hilled church like um, town uh, that that sort of spires up into the air and she has a goat with a sweater on as her cute animal sidekick because all Disney princesses must have a cute animal sidekick um, but her clothes look sort of uh, it's like Anthean so it looks it looks interesting so and of course there's a star in the sky in which you can wish for things I guess so maybe it will be a whole thing about why it's not good to make uh, unadulterated wishes. I don't know. I 
no idea what the actual uh, tenet of the sh of the movie is, but we'll learn that as we go. Uh, Inside Out Two is another announcement they made. It's a sequel to the 2015 Pixar hit Inside Out, as we know, uh, with Riley and her emotions and all that stuff. So she'll be entering teenage years and doing all that. Um, now the other thing is is the um, uh, Mark Nielsen and Kelsey Mann, uh, who were the story directors for Onward, The Good Dinosaur, and Monsters University, uh, is set to direct this one. Um, I don't have any problem with those. With in, oh, I have no problem with those people. However, um, it's uh, that's one mid-tier Pixar movie with Onward for me at least. I know I have, I have friends who enjoyed that one a lot more than I did. Uh, and two low-tier The Good Dinosaur and Monsters University, which might be probably Pixar's worst movie, uh, is set to helm this one. So I'm not super thrilled about that news. Um, so it, to me, and it's also a sequel to one of the, be to one of the best uh, Pixar movies of all time. So it's, it's sort of hard for me to get excited for it. However... Uh, I will say that Pixar has better sequel, um, you know, uh, some better sequel uh, uh, reputation than most. As as, as you know, uh, Toy Story Two is one of my favorite uh, Pixar movies of all time. So that 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 one there is actually a a sequel I can get behind. So who knows? Maybe maybe it will be good. I think you know sequels tend to to lack a lot of oomph to them. So. We'll see if they can hit those same marks. I don't know what the story arc is going to be, considering the whole joy and sadness thing is sort of the first story arc. They kind of resolved that. So if they're just going to, I don't know, maybe focus on some of the different emotions, maybe? Who knows? I, I don't really know what they're going to do. But yeah, we'll see. It, it could be very good, and we shall see. Um, Elio. This one I'm pretty excited for. So Elio is a sci-fi adventure about an 11-year-old boy who accidentally becomes the ambassador for Earth. Um, the, they, ch they have one um, concept art kind of uh, created, which, you know, looks like, uh, looks pretty good. Um, it's a kid who looks like he's a Boy Scout, uh, literally. He's, like, at a camp, and he's in a dimension where there's a bunch of uh, aliens kind of ooing and aahing over him, and he's got a little eye patch on, apparently. So, uh, but Elio looks pretty cool. Also, uh, Adrian Molina, the screenplay writer and co-director of Coco, uh, which is one of Pixar's best movies, uh, because of that screenplay. Uh, that is one of the tightest screenplays I think I have ever seen, uh, in a Disney movie. So I am super excited, uh, to see what else, uh, he can do. Uh, with this, um, and it should be a lot of fun, and it's slated for spring of 2024, so in two years we'll have Elio, another boy adventure from Pixar, so pretty excited about that. Win or Lose, the first ever long-form series uh, from Pixar, is now uh, got a little more information. This is stuff that we knew was coming out, uh, but we uh, didn't know a whole lot about, so Win or Lose, we have their, the same promotional thing about a, a little a little league softball team. Um, and uh, we have the concept down, which is pretty cool. It's about a middle school softball team 
but every episode is covering the same week of preparation for the championship game, uh, but from a different character's perspective. So each of the kids on the team will have their perspective uh, mentioned. And, uh, that should be a lot of fun. Will Forte is going to be the coach, uh, and it'll be on Disney Plus in fall of 2023, so pretty soon. So that's fun. Um, I'm excited. Like Disney, you know, again, people are very saddened by the state of animation on, you know, uh, streaming platforms, but Disney's always going to deliver and give us more animation. Like I said, you know, I'm not a fan of everything Disney does, but um, they they stick by their animation. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see more of that. A little more information on Elemental. This one was... Good lord, this was announced way back in 2019, 2018 maybe. Uh, they had a teaser image for this about an element, a fire elemental and a water elemental going on a date or dating at like some resort, island resort thing. This was forever ago, but we now have names to the characters, which are Ember and Wade. Ember for the fire elemental, Wade for the water. Pretty clever. Um, and pretty clever naming scheme. Um, and, uh, we learned that Leia Lewis and uh, Momodu Athi will play Ember and Wade, respectively. So uh, we do know the voice actors. There's still just a few images of what the characters look like. And uh, yeah, not a, not a whole lot there. Um, next one is Iwaju. Uh, Iwaju is um, a collaboration between Disney and London-based entertainment uh, company, Kugali, uh, Kugali. Um, so it's going to be a uh, Afrofuturist uh, type thing. This was one of the many of those that were uh, slated for Disney Plus uh, a while ago. So it, it, it looks interesting enough. Um, I I'm not super into the studio that's doing it. Um, the studio that's behind it hasn't really done a whole lot of great things with it uh, uh with uh, with animation they they uh, they did extinct or endangered uh, i think it was i think it was endangered which was a straight to you know straight to netflix movie that couldn't get a they couldn't get a full release uh there were some other really kind of meh uh animated movies that they had done um it, it it's it's kind of weird and well it's not weird it's just like you know, just some sort of unpolished animation. Let's say that uh, that's helping out with this one, and we'll we'll see though because uh, Kugali is actually um, uh, uh, an African uh, studio that's uh, that's coming out with with new with new stuff all the time. So that that looks pretty cool that that, that studio is getting in, but the London-based one is the one that's been doing kind of like meh stuff. That's eh, anyway, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what the, what the, what happens with this. It looks like it'll be, it looks like it might be pretty good. Who knows? Uh, maybe it'll be great, and I'll uh, have to eat my words. Uh, the other stuff that came out is the trailer for Tales of the Jedi, uh, which is the same uh, studio and team behind Clone Wars, um, and it'll be uh, eight stories of Jedi, uh, including Dooku, uh, Ahsoka. Um, and uh, other ones from the Clone Wars saga and how they came to, you know, become Jedi or what their path was and things like that. Just all, all the tales of that. Some Qui-Gon Jinn will be involved as well. So 
yeah, it looks it looks cool. It's all pre it's all prequel series uh, stories uh, from the Clone Wars from around the Clone Wars or even before the Clone Wars uh, saga. So that was uh, good to hear. Uh, and uh, we also have uh, some stuff from that one. Is the most uh, excited people seem to be. I've got a few uh, comments from uh, from watchers. We got Ty Gabriel Longworth, who is the co-host of the uh, uh, Whiskey Lodian podcast. Go and listen to the Whiskey Lodian podcast. It's a lot of fun. You know, they cover stuff on Nickelodeon. I think they have one coming out or is out with Clarissa explains it all with a guest ho- with a with a guest host on there as well. So go check out their podcast. It's called Whiskey Lodian, as in whiskey. The you know the uh, the drink, um, and uh, and Nickelodeon. So there we go. Uh, Tales of the Jedi for sh- Ty says uh, Tales of the Jedi for sure. But I'm also really excited to see what Iwaju will bring to the table. So there we go. We'll see. He's more excited about Iwaju than I am. Uh, no, uh, I am excited for Iwaju. I hope it does well. I'm just you know uh, skeptical about the earlier stuff. And of course from John Myers, who uh, was supposed to be on this episode. Uh, definitely Jedi, Jedi Tales and Elio Jedi trailer. Uh, the Jedi trailer was so amazing and getting into the young Dooku on his path to the dark side is intriguing. Uh, the story of Elio sounds really cool and the teaser shot looks, uh, to have a lot of original looks for the aliens. And that's true. All the aliens, none of them look humanoid. They all look very interesting. Uh, John continues, can't wait to see the trailer. Uh, also pumped for Strange World, even though that was already announced. Yes, Strange World had their trailer again, but that's coming this Thanksgiving, so they didn't really have a whole lot to say about it, because it's coming this Thanksgiving. I don't think they had a new trailer for it, though. Uh, so, Strange World looks fun. It's, again, diving into the sci-fi alien stuff. Rick and Morty really allowed for a lot of people to, to do that stuff, and Disney's kind of jumping on that trend as well. So, pretty excited for more sci-fi stuff. I like Rick and Morty, too. Rick and Morty premiered, too, by the way. Forgot to mention that. Um, but that's what our listeners and also guests and uh, other podcast hosts have to say about the D23 animation. And I have saved the best for last uh, here on the uh, D23 episode, which wasn't actually at D23. This was announced a couple days before D23, but I'm sure they played this trailer as well. Um, And I hope people uh, get to see this. I wasn't, I was perfectly fine with this uh, show getting announced. This is a, a, one of the only uh, all-new, all-different uh, titles from Marvel that I thought was fine. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of like real good writing in the all-new, all-different Marvel era, which is about the 2014-2015 era of Marvel. Um, it was a weird decision to basically take out all of your main characters who are huge on the big screen and don't put them in your book. It was a very bizarre decision. But there was one smaller title uh, called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur was a weird little offshoot comic from way back in the day, and they decided to revive it with a new character, uh, Lunella Lafayette, and uh, she's a girl genius type thing. I think she was an Inhuman back when Marvel was trying to make Inhumans like an important thing, just as important as mutants because they didn't have the rights to the X-Men movies. Very silly decision. Um, now they've forgotten all about Inhumans because they now have mutants back. Um, but uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is a new animated series, uh, and it's being done by Flying Bark Studios, and it looks amazing. This is the most original, 
looking thing I have seen since Rise of the Team and T or Lego Monkey Kid, like everything Flying Bark does. Flying Bark will take something and make it look amazing. Not only will they make it look amazing, they will make it look new. It has a new vibe, a new feel. Nothing has looked like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. You may not like the art design and what, and what they're doing. That's fine. But nothing else looks like this. I love everything about how this show looks. Uh, they have very dark uh, black in, very dark, like all the clothes that people have have black, dark in, in, inward coloring with, with colored highlights. Uh, the way they do their hair is really cool. Their hair is like, has a, has a hard black outline, but like frizzy on the outside. It looks so cool the way they do all of this. Um, I, I, I would just, I can't wait for this show simply on the animation alone. I think it looks spectacular. But also, they know how to write a show. I'm, I'm, I've said it before. If you don't like Rise of the Team and T, I say watch it. Sit down and watch it and get to know those characters because the way that they let you in on those characters and how they work, it's, it works so well. There's only one season up on Netflix right now. Can't wait for season two. People seem to really enjoy the movie, but season two is where it's at with Rise of the Team and T. So when they when they hit season two, I will let everybody know that season two is up on Netflix, um, and and you should watch it. You should absolutely watch that show and uh, watch this show as well. They 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 know what they're doing. The studio really knows how to produce and create something that's unique and lovable and wonderful and heartfelt and you know and wholesome. So check it out. I can't wait for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I didn't think I would be this excited. For Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur, I thought the, the visuals looked cool, but the fact that it's Flying Bark doing this and doing the animation, I just, I, I'm super stoked about it. I can't wait for this show. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for families. Um, there you go. But that's it. That's it for D23 at, uh, at, at in 2022. So, boom, D23 uh, podcast is in the can. Uh, thanks, guys, for stopping by. Thanks for... Let me have this solo episode. Sorry that the, uh, you know, the, the technical difficulties couldn't have John on. But oh well, that's uh, I'm sure we've got other stuff uh, ready for John to come back on. With, so it should be fine. Uh, but that's going to do it for the Animation Destination podcast. You can check us out at animationdestination.com, destinationcomics.com/dnn on Facebook and Instagram at Animation Destination. And that's it. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned. for listening DNN